Hello, dear friends, Jai Guru, and welcome to another episode of the Chela de Chela podcast, featuring interviews and conversations with YSS SRF disciples of our sweet Guru Dave, Paramahansa Yoganandaji. As we get to know a little more about some of our fellow disciples through the Chela de Chela podcast, it gives us the opportunity to support them with our prayers, our goodwill, and perhaps even with our resources and business connections. At the end of the podcast, I'll tell you how you can get to the free private access pages to further connect with our guests. Before we enter this next episode, let us listen to this quote of Guruji as shared by Mukti Madhavji, who was with Master when he was in the body. Mukti Ma is speaking. This is a time of spiritual rejuvenation, a time of drawing closer to God the Father and to the Divine Mother. Our Guru has said to us, a steady stream of divine power will flow to you, for the Great Ones have sent me here. When I am gone, you will realize this with greater impact. Little by little, a spiritual change will come to the true followers of this path and their influence will spread over the world. In peace of quietude, the boisterous breaths of with Master's gifts divine, I sail the Today we have with us Jeannie Westing. Jeannie, hello and thank you for being with us. Hello, Brenda. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Tell us where you are and what you're doing. Well, I'm currently in Jacksonville, Florida. I've been living here with my husband and my dog, Ganesha, for about four years. Uh, we moved here from Los Angeles, where we lived for uh, 10 years, and we moved back here. Um, my aunt uh, was terminally ill, and she was like a mother to me, and she had no children of her own, and uh, she was going to have some excruciating surgeries and needed full-time care, so we made the decision to move back and so I could take care of her, which I did for five months until she passed, and then decided to stay. Wow. Okay, well, I've got two questions right off the top from what you've just shared with us. Um, one is, uh, when you were in, in Los Angeles, which temple did you attend? Uh, the Lake Shrine. The Lake Shrine. So, okay, that brings visuals for me because I used to go to Lake Shrine for many years. That was my first spiritual home in this lifetime. Really? So, yeah, yeah. For 10 years I was there and... and uh, Wonderful. I was secretary to uh, Brother Dharmananda and Brother Anandamoy and Brother Mokshananda. It was a very rich, rich period. Of course, all the periods with Guruji are rich, but 
uh, being new to the path, and, and that's where I came on. The other question that I, I have for you, um, Jeannie, is you took care of your aunt instead of having her be in hospice, and you did this for five months. Um, can you talk about that from from your inner perspective, from your life with Guruji, for those that might be going through a similar situation or, or will be in the future? Most definitely. I mean, I will say off the bat, it was the most important thing I have ever done. Um, it brought me closer to my aunt. It brought me closer to Guruji. It brought me closer to God. I mean, clearly it was the hardest thing I've ever done as well. But, you know, I've learned a lot of lessons since I've been on this journey with Guruji. And one of them is to be selfless, to not always look at what's best for me, but what's best for the people in my life. And in that moment, I knew I had to turn my life completely upside down, um, move from a place I'd lived for 10 years. But the calling to be of service to her and all the love that she gave me my whole life, all I wanted to do is give that love back to her. So uh, it was a beautiful experience, and I, I know Guruji was with me every step of the way as he is in every good time and challenging time. Boy, that's, uh, that just echoes, I think, every devotee's experience in, in this, that period of uh, knowing he was with you in the good times and in the hard times, and maybe more so in the hard times, because when we're in the good times, we don't need to cling quite so, so uh, <laughs> with hands yeah. and feet and teeth and, and whatever it takes, right? That is the truth. <laughs> wow. So um, you've been working with nonprofits and, and homeless children a lot, haven't you? I have. Um, you know, as you know, I spent a whole lifetime climbing the corporate ladder, so to speak, um, thinking that's what I was supposed to do. And then uh, 2010 uh, was a catalyst year for me, and I, I just made the decision, I need to do something that's more meaningful to my life. And per what I said earlier, not think so much about myself. So, yes, I went into nonprofit. I worked with homeless youth for two years. And then for another two years, I worked for an organization that worked with African youth. Uh -huh. So um, empowering others, especially uh, youth, is, is a big uh, calling for me. A big calling. So where does your heart want to take you in that service to the world? What, your, what would your ideal situation look like? Because you had said uh, earlier when we were speaking, you were looking for it the uh, position is going to fill your heart and allow you to be of most service to the world. So what does that look like, feel like for you? Well, I'm really open to the type of service. You know, like I said, really empowering others. Um, I spent so much time in my life not feeling empowered. So it's really important to me to help others find their truth, find their voice and be empowered to do what they want to do. Um, whether that's, youth or adults um i just it's just a real big thing for me that's why homeless you know they don't have a voice inner city youth don't have a voice um so that's really what i want to do and i want to bring my corporate experience in i've had a whole career in human resources and operations um so i want to marry those two together 
Uh, the last position I had, I was managing director of all operations, and um, I enjoy that. You kind of marry what my experience and my skills are, and then bringing that together with my passion is would just be the biggest dream. Well, it looks like and sounds like you would be just a gem and a jewel for anyone that has that going on and uh, could use your services. I think that the dedication that devotees bring to any of the positions that they're in is just outstanding uh, because they come from their heart. And, and you know, <clears throat> the, um, I think master's teachings in general um, draw uh, a level of intelligence and integrity in the disciples that is, is um, outstanding. I couldn't agree more. And I, you know, so many times, and I, I'm reading the autobiography of Yogi right now for the seventh time. <laughs> um, and I love the, the uh, so many things I love, but one portion is when he was on the boat to America for the first time, didn't speak English, didn't know what to say, and all of a sudden, Sri Yuteswar came through and helped him. And I, maybe not quite that divinely, but... I've had so many of those moments in, in, in work where I didn't know what to say, I wasn't sure what to do, or how to handle a situation, and I just go within, and Guruji is always there. Yeah, he, he um, gives the, the words, the understanding, lets you hear what you need to hear. It's an incredible process to, to have that um, intuitive attunement. That's, we all strive for it. We want more and more of it. But when we get a taste of it, and it, and it becomes, I think it becomes um, uh, second nature uh, eventually, doesn't it? You know, there's a, that channel is opening, open. You know that he's there. You you uh, have the experience. You uh, the cha your channel is open. You want that input. You're listening. That's what he said about Rajasi. He knows how to listen. Wow, how blessed we are, how blessed. So listen, you know, I've, I've got two things that have just popped up in my mind. One is uh, you went to India with me, and I'm visualizing you now in memory um, in two instances. One was in the village that we went to, the Rice Paddy Village. We visited outside of Puri. And you were just like a magnet. And all these children were, were following you down these little walk paths. It was an incredible visual. And, and so I want you to talk about that. And then the other one is we were in Runchi and you had an appointment with uh, Brother Smarnananda, Swami Smarnanandaji. And he said something very um, unique to you that has stayed with me, and, and if you care to share that, that would be great. So let's start with that that India trip to uh, with with the kids in Puri. I love it in my mind. And you know, it was every moment of both of my trips with you were the most amazing times. But yes, that was one of my absolute just you know just the connectedness, the feeling of oneness. I. I rarely felt that any other time. You know, the hearts of those children were so open. You know, they materially had nothing, um, but they, the joy and the love and the expression of just happiness that they wanted to share with us 
just really touched my heart just very deeply. And I love children, obviously, and I'm in my element when they're all around. So yeah, it was one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had. And and not only that, but um, it, the memory of it lives on and brings joy. Okay. And, and there's something about that that I think um, is worthy of talking about a bit, that when we are... Um, in, I don't know, when we're authentic, when we're having these moments with others or when we're serving. Um, th sure, there's what's happening in the moment is, is overwhelming sometimes and, and wonderful, but it, it lives on, doesn't it? And it, it touches us somehow. It makes us, it brings back that joy when you think about it. At least it does for me. It does for me as well. And I can, anytime I can think of that and be, and be there. And it, it brings great joy to me, even times when I'm grasping for something to bring joy, which we all have. Yes. Um, like that. Um, they just, they just change your mindset. They just, just open up your heart all over again. Yes, yes. So there's uh, more, more benefit than, than in the moment. And that's wonderful. Okay, so the other outstanding thing in my memory at Ranchi, do you want to talk about that? Sure. It was very interesting. I'm grateful to have had that opportunity to speak with him. He was um, obviously very divinely connected, and um, he listened to me very intently. And when I went through all that I wanted to do and all the work for the homeless I wanted to do and uh, help people, and he listened and you know, he said this very noble ambitions, um, but he did look at me and he said, the issue is, it's great you want to help the homeless, but you yourself are homeless and that's what you need to fix first. Wow. And I really just, I, I really, and I still to this day process what, you know, all the meaning behind that, but it really did make me just stop talking and start listening um, to what that really meant. And, you know, he was right. I was wanting to do all of these things, but first and foremost, before we can do anything for others, we have to find ourselves, ground ourselves um, in God and in Guruji. And, and that, that moment was pivotal. And like I said, that was 2012. And I still think about that. and and the meaning it has as the years go on and, and try to go back to that moment so I can go inside and make sure I am working on myself not being quote-unquote homeless, you know, and obviously not in the literal sense, but... Yes, and, and just to, to be clear, he wasn't talking about your physical abode that you didn't have a home. He was talking about you being at home with God and Guru, huh? Absolutely. Wow. Wow. Well, you see, here's here's another instance, Jeannie, of um, moments that that are um, pivotal in your life, or moments that are important that come back. And that happened to you, but you were kind enough to share it with me, and it has stayed with me and been um, an important part of my life. Um, just when I it comes back to memory, it's just been so. It was such a clear message wasn't yeah. it and deep and yeah. touching so when we have those i mean that's 
that's divine. It's, it's Guruji touching us in yeah. that way. Okay, so the big question is, and there is so many of these big questions, <laughs> but okay, tell us how you found Guruji. So it's the most interesting story. So just a very quick background myself. I grew up in a very conservative Christian environment where the standards and qualifications uh, to be a person of God were very narrow. Um, and as I grew older, that didn't resonate with me. I didn't know what did at the time, but I certainly didn't feel like this loving, wonderful God could be so strict and only love a certain group of people. So I feel like as I got older, I didn't abandon God, but I sort of just, because I didn't understand, I sort of kind of moved away from religion um, for, for a good period of time. So fast forward to 2005 when I moved to Los Angeles. Um, about three years after that, so about 2008, I was in the midst of this busy career, um, you know, not thinking much, to be quite honest, about God or, or anything else. Um, but within a two-month period, it was the strangest coincidence for me. So three different people from three different parts of my life within two to three months all said, have you ever read the autobiography of a yogi? And the first time somebody said that to me, I was like, no, I did yoga, but I had no idea, never heard of the book. Um, and I thought, oh, okay, no, I've never read it, but I didn't give it another thought. And then the second person from a totally different experience brought up the same thing to me. And you know, I was kind of thinking, well, that's kind of strange, you know, twice in just a couple of months. Then by the third time, Somebody said, you really need to read the, I said, okay, I get it. Something greater than myself, I think is here trying to tell me something. Obviously it was Guruji. So I read the book. I couldn't put it down. I can't even explain, but just as I read the words, I could just feel my heart just opening and, and just all the walls just came tumbling down. And, you know, most people that maybe grew up in a situation I did, would it be like, no way, I, I can't believe this. This is so different than anything I had ever heard of. But it had the opposite effect. It just touched me. Everything made sense. You know, not everything, but, you know, just so much of what didn't make sense before just started making sense to me. And it was funny. I get halfway through the book and I realized Oh my gosh, the Lake Shrine is right where I live. You know, the headquarters is right where I live. Um, Encinitas, you know, not far. So the next few years, I really just, I just buried myself in Guruji, literally. I went to the Lake Shrine a couple times a week. Um, I worked not far from Mount Washington, so I went there quite frequently. And, um, you know. It was just a love affair from that moment on. Uh, uh, uh. And, a, and a reawakening. A reawakening. Yeah. Yeah. In, in the sense that uh, from what I'm hearing, you, you resonated to what you, what you read. It made sense to you. And, and uh, I'm relating to my experience with that, with reading the AY for the first time. It was like, of course, 
yes. And it, it was like a refresher course, you know, it was like, oh my gosh, I forgot. And, and yeah. oh, thank God, you know, sanity in the world, right? And, and, and then, of course, later the work begins, you know, you have the refresher course, but then you, you go for that. That is for sure. That is a whole, yeah, different story. But for the first time, yeah, it, was, it just was like, yes. This all makes sense to me. And nothing before that ever made any sense to me. Yeah. Jai Guru. Jai Guru. All right, dear. So um, I have a few other questions where we could go. Main benefit of being a disciple. Can you pull that one out of the hat? <laughs> the main, it's just knowing that Guruji is always there. Like you're never alone. You know, God is a big entity. Divine Mother is a big entity. But to me, personally, Guruji is real to me. And no matter big or small, if I, if I just need anything or just need to feel love, I just can call his name and I just feel him. And that to me has been, I've never had that before. And it's, it's just an indescribable feeling to know that he's always, always there. Fantastic. Fantastic. And uh, this, this calling his name, I mean, so many times I've felt and thought just to be able to call his name, you know, just to have that name on your lips. Oh, my gosh. How, how blessed, you know, if nothing else, to have that, that incredible, just incredible. And it changes things. I mean, it just changes, even if it's just your heart or your mind at that time, just the words, like you say, from your lips, it just it just touches you in a very, very deep divine place. Yes. So now let's go from the, from the sublime to the, <laughs> to the hardcore of, uh, of the stony hardcore of struggle here. So, let me ask you a question. Do you ever have dry periods? Oh, yes. <laughs> it, it was a rhetorical question. <laughs> you would probably uh, question if I said, no, I didn't. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, so what do you do? How do you deal with it? I think we all have different little takes on it, so it's interesting to ask. You know, I have to just say, interesting, the, the trip to India in 2010, I remember just another distinct moment of being there and praying to Guruji, whatever it takes, whatever I have to go through, just let me learn, let me awaken, let me know you. And I laugh because I feel like he really heard me on that because <laughs> <laughs> there have been many times where things that I clung to or things that I thought were important. Um, I learned sometimes the hard way, especially leaving corporate America, leaving a very big job with a lot of money and security and, um, you know, making the decision to walk away from that, to go into nonprofit and change my life. There was a lot of things that I had to face, like, do I need a title to be someone? No. Do I need money? to be someone knows. So all of those experiences make me go within to find out and understand that what's inside me is what matters. The peace within my heart, the joy within my heart, and nothing outside of me can ever give me that. And those 
some of the biggest lessons I've learned over the last eight years, nine years. Wow. Well, my dear, I was going to ask what advice you might give to someone just starting on the path, but I think you've just said it. It's, it's so uh, profound and rings so true. And uh, I'm sure that our listeners are, are resonating to that um, from personal experience. So as we close, I do have one more question. When you get to the other side and you look back on this incarnation, what is it you would like to be able to say about your experience in this lifetime? Just such a really good question. That I allowed myself to, to be open, to let go of control, and to let life flow through me as opposed to me having controlled it. To be open to all of the beauty that really is here that you can't see. And goodness knows right now in this world, there's, there's a lot of external things that don't look very good. But I'd like to look back and say, you know, I, I let go. I let go. I let God. And um, I was able to experience that joy and beauty no matter what was going on externally. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being um, so willing to share. Thank you, Jeannie. Oh, star divine aloft, it calls, it beckons me through golden rings Well, dear friends, it's wonderful to hear these stories, isn't it? If you would like access to the private pages where guest contact and other information is posted, it's free and easy. Just email to subscribe to the Soul Calls Infinity mailing list. The email address is subscribe at soulcallsinfinity.org. For those of you who may be driving or jogging while listening, the link to subscribe will be in the show notes. The Chela de Chela podcast is sponsored by Soul Calls Infinity, and the music is courtesy of Soul Calls Music Meditations by Saranya, available online at soulcalls.org and on YouTube. I'm your host, Brenda Roberts, and I'd love to share your story. Email me for guest guidelines and preparation details. That's Brenda at soulcallsinfinity.org. I'm looking forward to sharing the next episode with you, where we'll be meeting another uniquely devoted disciple of our beloved master, Paramahansa Yoganandaji. In closing, let's listen again to this quote of Muktima and Master. Muktima is speaking. This is a time of spiritual rejuvenation, a time of drawing closer to God the Father and to the Divine Mother. Our Guru has said to us, A steady stream of divine power will flow to you, for the Great Ones have sent me here. When I am gone, you will realize this with greater impact. 
Little by little, a spiritual change will come to the true followers of this path, and their influence will spread over the world. SRF is one of the greatest spiritual movements ever sent to help mankind. So, dear friends, I hope you will share the podcast with at least one other SRF YSS devotee as we walk together in the spirit of divine friendship and in the love of God and Guru, affirming what we know to be true. It's a wonderful life with Guruji in it. Jai, Guru, Jai. With stillness as my steed that plays approaches near my love awaits me My old love so dear I'm going to that place within I'm going to that place within That place divine, that place sublime. Oh, love divine, you're mine. Oh, joy, joy. Blissful dance of love, oh blessed ecstasy, I'm going to that place within. So oh.